Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. I am your announcer, Reverend James of FaultContra.com in North Carolina, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we welcome a special guest, Ms. Michael of HoodooFoundry.com in Willitus, California bringing us today's topic on her new book debuting at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, Sneaky Tricks, Hiding Your Hoodoo in Plain Sight. They will take your calls and offer to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest hoodoo spiritualists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you've selected among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Miss Kat? Hi, Reverend James. Um, tell me what's new with you in your life. We, I know that you're working very hard on the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. So uh, give us a little glimpse into what you're doing before we take over the airwaves here. Absolutely. Reverend Art and I have gotten everything together, and we recently drove up to uh, Papa G's in Tennessee uh, at Aroma G's Botanica and dropped off everything for to be sent out to all of the you know, great um, uh, sign-ups for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, and we're getting ready to put the finishing touches on some some of the videos and everything's chugging along just just grand well that's good to hear tell us about what your workshop will be about so i'm doing a workshop on consecrating statue iconography that could be uh you know pictures that could be statues that could be uh in the buddhist tradition there are tatsas that could be all kinds of different things and we're going to look at different uh cultures from different um, places in the world and see how they do consecration and then we're going to go through how you can do that on your own and just in uh, how I've done in in the recent uh, the last year's festival I, I have a secret surprise for everybody so I hope everybody enjoys that well I know your workshop last year was amazing because just when we thought we'd uncovered everything at the bottom of the box, there was like a whole secret compartment with more stuff in it. Right. And uh, you you made the phrase, the box within the box, very, very special. <laughs> it was really great. Um, That's true. So we, we loved it. Um, so, yeah. And one thing I will say, knowing what the workshop is about, because I've uh, worked on the typesetting for the flyer that goes with it, which people will get as a PDF, um, I will tell people, come to this workshop prepared with an object you wish to consecrate because uh, Reverend James is going to cover all types of consecrations, hollow things, solid things, flat things, paper things, cloth things, you name it. There's a way to consecrate each one of them in various traditions. So 
um, you might want to bring a few things and, and go through all the different forms of consecration because this is a hands-on workshop and he's going to provide you with uh, tools and supplies to do these consecrations. So it's a very wonderful workshop. He's, he's a great presenter. So now I'm, I know I'm just going to quickly step sideways. What about Reverend Art? Because that's your partner. So, and I know Reverend Art is also doing a workshop. Can you tell us just a little bit about Reverend Art's workshop? Certainly. So, yeah, he's doing a workshop on business magic, and you'll be getting a very nice little sachet bag um, of all kinds of oils and herbs and goodies and powders to, you know, enhance your uh, products and things um, to get other people to, to get your customers' attention, to keep away thieves, and and to you know combat against your competitors. So he's going to cover the gambit on you know everything you need to know for who do in business and anything you need that you would come up against. All right. Well, while I'm just interviewing everybody here, um, I'll tell you that I'm doing a workshop on astrology for root workers and mm -hmm. my workshop is um, based around a book that I uh, kind of co-wrote with the late great Professor A.F. Seward, world's foremost astrologer. And behind the scenes um, I've been working on a rather elaborate biographical, bibliographical tribute webpage to Professor Seward and uh, that will be unveiled in the book, the URL for that webpage will be made available. So when you get the book, you'll be able to find out all about Professor Seward. And um, but he's he his uh, teaching is about um, moon phases and moon signs. I also uncovered quite a lot of early um, astrological documentation of. Um, moon signs and moon phases among hoodoo practitioners. That's what the book is about. So I'll be teaching that, and you'll get my book. Contraman, you're doing some workshop, too, and I know it's part of the panel. So why don't you tell us what you and the paneloids are doing? Yeah, so the panel is about love and the variety of different love conjures and magics that the people can do. I specifically will be talking about love uncrossing work. I'll talk about how you can identify crossed conditions in love, what to do, what the symptoms are, how it manifests, and then, of course, I'll walk you step by step on how to uncross your love, and you'll be receiving a really cool packet in your goodie box for that workshop. That's right, and I'm going to tell you right away, that packet is a new product which those of you who have listened to this radio show for years know about Conjurman's famous Love Uncrossing Herbs Bath. Mm -hmm. So we at Lucky Mojo were given the opportunity to create Conjurman's giveaways to go in the goodie box, the box within the box within the box, um, and we did so, but we love it so much that with Contraman's permission, we are introducing Contraman's Love Uncrossing Herb Mix or Herb Bath as a new product at Lucky Mojo. You will get a free introductory packet. Full-size packet will come to you in the goodie box. And 
I want you all to know that's a nice value, and you will be happy to have it. But tell your friends when you get that goodie box, oh, my God, I just tried this thing, and it is so awesome. <laughs> we will have it We will have it at Lucky Mojo. And this is going to kick off a summer-long project of introducing new herb mixes. Actually, they're not new, except for Love and Crossing Bat. That is totally new to us. But at our candle station, we have pre-made herb mixes for various conditions, such as love and money, protection and blessing, and uh, road opening and court cases. But we haven't always sold those candle herb station those candle station herb mixes to the public we sometimes will give a person a little ziploc bag and say hey yeah take a couple of pinches home with you but we are now introducing all of them a few of them have been uh, made available to the public in the past Um, peaceful home herbs mix was one of them blessing herbs mix but the whole line is now going to be coming out and we will be introducing them all summer long and we will be giving away one glorious prize of all of them. All of them. You'll get the complete Lucky Mojo Herb Mix packet set. One winner. So if you all follow our Facebook Fridays at at Facebook at the Lucky Mojo page, stay tuned for that one. It'll be coming up after the festival because, of course, we're going to start by introducing the Love Uncrossing Bath. So that's the news from around here. Um, I guess um, I'm working really hard to try to get this festival to be a success. And I want to tell all you folks, time to order your tickets. I know it's online. You can order up until five minutes before it starts, or at least midnight before it starts. But it would help us if you order your tickets now. Uh, Not that we want to hold on to your money a long time and make money by investing in Bitcoin in the meantime. (laughs) because, Because it helps us underwrite all of the things in those goodie boxes, we need to have a few tickets sold so we can get all that stuff together and uh, get those boxes mailed out. So we're doing real well on ticket sales, but um, I noticed we sent out emails and we got a big rush, and we are probably going to send a couple more emails because in between emails, it slows to a trickle. So if you were thinking about Going to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival via Zoom. Now is the time. First 100 tickets, get a goodie box. All right, that's the news from here. I'm now going to bring on our guest, and she's going to tell us about what's going on in her life. So welcome to the show, Miss Mike Hell. Well, it's good to be back, as always. Um, if you hear rumbling noises in the background as I speak, it's because we got a thunderstorm here all of a sudden. Um, And life, as usual, has been pretty quiet. Um, I've been playing with cooking stuff. Haven't made any radical new discoveries. Uh, Non-sugar cakes, which I'm not really thrilled with. Um, (laughs) But I'm I'm still... uh, One of the things I'm doing is kind of uh, petting my my, uh, final manuscript of the book. And just just <laughs> admiring it and and kind of petting it with my eyes as I reread it. Well, and uh, that book is something else. So let's let's take a moment to talk about the book. So those of you who know Miss Michael know that she was the um, lead author of a best-selling book from a few years ago called Hoodoo Bible Magic, which ended up also having as a co-writer 
uh, Professor Charles Porterfield, and I contributed a few things too. And that book has sold dramatically. I mean, it sells through Lucky Mojo and it sells through Amazon. I'm expecting something similar with this book. When you go to the Lucky Mojo forum and read the requests and pleas of the newcomers to hoodoo, the newcomers to magic, especially the young who live in a family home and are afraid to show their magic, or those who are married who are working on a spouse but don't want the spouse to see it, those who have a job and their job is at a workplace where something's going on wrong, but they want to correct it with magic, but they don't want anyone to see it. There are many, many people who come to the forum from newbies to seasoned pros going, how can I hide my work? How can I hide it? There's a whole thread at the Lucky Mojo forum called um, Sneaky Tricks and How to Hide Your Work. And if I talk long enough, Nagashiva Ironwood will go to the forum, find that thread, and post the URL here in our chat log um, because he's good that way. So now, having come up with that, I am your um, subordinate co-writer on Sneaky Tricks. So I'm going to let you do most of the talking, but if people have a question I can answer, I'll jump in too. So first of all, Miss Michael, how did you come sneaky tricks well i've been in love with the subject for a long time this is my favorite type of magic um because a spell that is never suspected can't be broken up and it can't be reverse engineered Mm -hmm. and i've um i've always been the sort of person to want to keep things private and be discreet and uh, not have people go into hysterics when they find out what I've been doing. So, <laughs> I was well, so you started, but you started the idea for this book a while back. This didn't just come up recently. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. We've been working on it for a year now, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at yeah. least a year. Yeah. And um, Shiva just posted in the chat, he posted the thread called How to Work Sneaky Tricks and Hidden Spells Q&A. Then there's another um, um, uh, radio show from 6417 right. called um, uh, Sneaky Tricks in Plain Sight. And so June 4th, 2017. And I don't know who the guest was on that, um, but it uh, somebody was. And then there was also a Now You Know show, number 86, Sneaky Tricks and Basil. So we've talked about Sneaky Tricks going back a number of years, and um, but people still keep on asking. So mm-hmm. I think this is a book that everybody's going to want. Now, I need to explain one thing here, too. This is not about a particular condition. You could do sneaky tricks for love, sneaky tricks for money, sneaky tricks for killing, sneaky tricks for anything, sneaky tricks for Mm -hmm. blessings, sneaky tricks for healing and curing. It's the method. But there's not just one method, right? So why don't you tell us about some of your ideas about 
kinds of sneaky tricks? In other words, how to hide things, generally speaking. How to hide an um, altar, for instance. Why don't we start with how to hide an altar? God, yes. <laughs> well, an altar, it's very, very easy to to uh, disguise an altar as just a pretty display in your home. Um, a lot of people uh, have pictures of their relatives, either living or those who passed on, displayed on their walls. And if you want to put a little decorative candle there on Saturdays, just for pretty, or just a nice pretty lamp, you know, one of those little imitation Tiffany things or whatever you like that looks nice. And you could just put some uh, spirit guide oil on it or uh, psychic vision oil so that you can so that you can detect when your ancestors are thinking about you. You can do that. You mm-hmm. can keep an your altar in your kitchen and give food offerings by having your grandma's picture up there or whoever's closest to your heart. And you prepare a snack that they loved in life and you sit there and you share it with them. And nobody will know that that this is a communion offering. Nobody will suspect a thing if you're enjoying a piece of Grandma's favorite cake, even if her picture is right over your head. That's, that's, that's a true one. I'm going to give another example. Um, a, a lot of people have make a big deal out of their divination tools. You know, they've got their... Mm-hmm. They're tarot cards, and then someone walks in and goes, oh, my God, you're a witch. You read tarot, right? Um, yeah. So Miss Michael says just use playing cards. You know, you can <laughs> you can read with playing cards. Wow. No one will. They think you, they'll think you play canasta. Who knows, you know? Yeah. And um, you can also make a pendulum out of any necklace with a pendant on it. You can um, scry into a ring. Does that ring a bell, Conjurman? <laughs> Instead oh, of using yeah. a instead of using a crystal ball, trying to ring, and of course, all of those crystal gazing spheres. Some of them may not be gazing spheres. They might be, oh, I don't know, petrified wood. It might be, um, you know, ruby and fuchsite. And you just have a nice collection. Oh, they're so pretty. I just I'm just so addicted to collecting these rock spheres. But one of them mm-hmm. is your gazing ball. <laughs> so there are many ways to hide your divination tools in plain sight. And I'm going to throw in I mean, another one. Um, concealing magical herbs and roots. That's called the kitchen spice cabinet. We're just going to stop right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to point out that uh, we know that things are magical because we live in a magical world. Most people don't actually live in a magical world. People walk in, and as Ms. Michael pointed out, they look around and go, oh, that's a pretty decoration. They don't immediately go, that's an altar. Most people yep. don't think that way. So I, I had a friend who put uh, her tarot cards as decoration. She had them out displayed on a table, and no one ever was like, oh, you're an evil psychic or some witch or anything of the sort. They said, like, oh, this is a really cool decoration. Can you make something similar for me? So most people don't actually realize it. You can hide it. My favorite way of hiding altars is actually to use portable altars. These work mm-hmm. really, really well. 
If you can get a tray, you can do all your magic contained on that tray, and then you can conceal the tray underneath your sink, you can keep it in a bathroom, underneath your bed, depending on the type of work that you're doing. But portable altars are ways in which you can still do magic, dedicate a space to doing magical work, without setting up a large, elaborate, permanent altar. That's right. And the... Uh, one nice way to work that I like is to have those trays not be so big and circular, but maybe a little oval, maybe even uh, rounded rectangles of the kind that mm-hmm. hotels use for fancy service yes. of, um, you know, that, yeah. crudités or whatever, and um, with two handles, one at either end. And they will usually fit on the shelf in your closet, the upper shelf in yes. your closet, yeah. right next to that St. Joseph statue you redeemed after selling your last house. Yep. Yep. In fact, having a closet, there are all sorts of closets that you can get or bureaus that you can get that lock, really Mm -hmm. old antique ones that are phenomenal. And they work really well as places you can keep your portable altar on and you can shut them, lock them up. Even old writing desks work in this way. Writing desks used to close up and you could lock them. If you get an Mm -hmm. old writing desk, you can put the portable altar on there, close the writing desk, lock it up, and none the wiser. That's right. That's you can right. Use those in uh, th- uh, on Craigslist all the time for a couple of hundred dollars, and there's <laughs> many of the beautiful pieces. And uh, we even have a thrift store in town that sells nice furniture from time to mm-hmm. time. We furnished our whole chapel with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Aya, Aya mentions using your dresser. A drawer, especially a dresser, a t- um, tabletop, or vanity, especially if you're a woman, you can put your spiritual oils in perfume bottles. You know, with um, that only you know what's in each bottle, and they'll just look like perfumes. And if people open them and smell them, they won't realize it's an oil. They'll think it's a perfume. And that's a very nice way to conceal things. Um, there's um, another way to work is to put things on uh, shelves around um, in the rooms to put them behind picture frames. Um, When I say behind picture frames, we all know about putting a petition prayer, you know, inside a picture frame or behind it or a photo of someone you're working on. But you can actually put a lot more there. If you took um, Angela Marie Horner's class in working with sigil magic on trays, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. In the red folder, there's a center uh, section about this. She had a big, uh, you know, circular diagram, and then you have these little things. You can cut out skulls and, and eyeballs and crowns or whatever it is that you're working with. They're just glyphs. And you can make an, an altar array. Now, normally you would burn candles on it, but it's really a map of where those candles would go or what you want to have happen. And that can go on the back of a picture hung on the wall when you need to take it down and use it, you just take it off the wall and there's your thing and you just work with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. One that I did for a client a while back was a picture of St. Cyprian because she had witchy neighbors that were bothering her. And in the back of the frame was another picture of St. Cyprian, but it was facing the back and so she hung it so that the 
So the front, yeah, because her, her witchy neighbors lived right next door. So she had mm-hmm. a picture of St. Cyprian protecting her house, looking out into it, and another one glaring at her nap <laughs> through the wall. That, that's, that's wonderful. Well, we have a, an illustration in this in this book, which brings something else to mind. It's an illustration that contains many ways you can hide things, and they're all referred to in the book, uh, jewelry and, you know, vanities and things like that. But one of them here uh, really stands out because it's right in the center of the picture. And it's an old-fashioned sewing kit with a pair of scissors in it, some little spools of thread. Um, Again, you can hide your magical tools in your crafts box, crafts drawer. And when we think about things like, um, oh my gosh, sticking pins in a doll. doll doesn't have to be a stuffed doll with an embroidered face or anything like that. It can just be a little rag that has been kind of um, cut sort of to make a, you know, a little human shape. And you're just using it to stick pins in, right? It's just pins and a piece of cloth. There are many ways to do things like that. Um, there's an old tradition among uh, seamstresses and sewers, which is called a, a needle case. You, needles are more expensive than pins, and people usually want to keep them nice. And you can use a small glass vial. Sometimes people will use a one that's you know green glass or brown glass, not clear. Or you mm. can use a, a nickel-plated steel or brass, a nickel-plated brass needle case. Go look on them, vintage. They're lovely. But that can become a hateful bottle spill with the pins and needles going in opposite directions, the dog and cat hair, and you name it, whatever. And it just says on it, needles. And it's in your sewing case. No one's going to open it up. They go, oh, well, especially if you have one of those little uh, stuffed, you know, uh, tomatoes or something that you stick needles mm-hmm. in. Who wants to go into the needle case when you can already get a needle off the tomato? So those are just your extra needles, but it can be a bottle spell. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. That is really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. There's a, there's a there's a there's many. I mean, this book is. I mean. We could just read off everything in this book for you, but I think you start, guys are starting to get the idea, right? Yeah. Um, the first part of the book is um, all about how to do things in secret. And I'm not going to give away every trick in the book, but for instance, how to hide your spiritual supplies, how to hide packets and mojos, how to hide written petitions, how to burn candles in secret. Oh, that's mm. something that a lot of people need to know. And that's a that's a little chapter in and to itself. And how to select uh, and collect personal concerns secretly. How to hide your spells in jewelry or clothing. How to hide your spells in food or drink. Now, that's mm. an interesting one. I'm going to jump to that one. Um, mm-hmm. One of the ways to hide your spells in food or drink is to do some cooking. And Miss Michael, you mentioned cooking earlier. So, um, yeah, so you have some sections here. This is on page 26, fixing raw ingredients, reading ingredient labels. Why don't you give us a little highlight on that thing? Yeah, okay. Um, Let's see, fixing raw ingredients. Let's 
see. Well, well, one thing, you can do that when you're shopping. You can, you know, whatever kind of work you want to do, select the relevant oil, dress your hands with it before you go into the store, and then everything you handle, every package, every can, every jar, every bottle, every fruit and vegetable, every plastic bag you put the produce in is fixed. So if your target happens to be living with you and helps you put the groceries away, the work has already started, and you can be praying while you shop. Okay, that's a good Um, one. Yeah, Yeah. that's really good. Uh, You can stir a few drops. If you take a love bath, for instance, or a power bath, and someone you live, a coffee drinker needs to be fixed who lives in your house, you can just flick a few drops of that bath water into their coffee supply and stir it in the right in mm. the appropriate direction. Yeah, mm. by the appropriate direction, I'm going to mention here that you favor clockwise for positive and counterclockwise for negative, which is very common in many cultures and and certainly in hoodoo. Um, you can also put written prayers into herb and spice jars. Now, you got to do it in such a way that you may be the only cook in the yes. house. If you're if you're not yes. the only cook in the house, this one's a little tricksy. But there are ways to do it. One way is to cut out a circular paper, write your prayer on it or whatever you're going to do, and then glue it inside the lid, um, especially mm-hmm. if it has... A lot of jars have those little... Um, Paper, it's a, it's a little chipboard lid uh, yes, sealer, yes, yes, you know yes. what I'm saying? A little plastic. Mm-hmm. You can pop you that can out. That. Put, remove yes. it. <laughs> pop it back out. Yes. Hold it back in with a couple of dots of glue so it doesn't come out again. And then you have created a fixed bottle of herbs or spices. Yep. Mm-hmm. In fact, fixed bottles and uh, the type are where things like the honey jar derive from. People think of the honey jar as a sort of uh, special, unique, magical jar that's never going to be touched. And that's actually not true. The honey jar is just a honey jar. It comes from the regular honey and sugar used, and then they would fix the regular sugar and honey that they would use. So quite frequently, people open the honey jar up often. So the, one of the oldest sort of honey jar sweetening is literally... The sugar jar that the family use. You take the family, you write every single person's name who's in the family, mama, papa, etc. You wrap it around a vanilla bean stalk and you place it at the bottom of the jar of sugar. That jar of sugar isn't a magical thing you need to hide on altars. It's placed literally on the on the dining table and that everyone takes a little scoop of when they make their tea, when they make their coffee, or when they put it in their cereal. Etc. Everybody uses sugar, and everyone is shaped by the prayers you put into that sugar jar. So this idea of fixing herb bottles and spice bottles, this idea of fixing these type of of materials, is very old, and in fact is likely uh, one of the inspirations where bottle spells probably came from, is this idea of fixing these herbs packets. You could do the same thing in the in the opposite direction, where you're not trying to draw someone, but let's say you're trying to remove someone from your house, like a roommate, guess what? That hot sauce bottle is your best friend. It also happens to be red, so it's quite opaque. They'll never see what's in it. You can easily take 
a person's name and stuff it into that hot sauce bottle, make sure that it's nice and full, uh, and then they'll use it. You'll use it. You'll use it in your cooking, and they'll ingest, and it will drive them away. So these fixed bottles are very old school in hoodoo and in global folk magic practices. That's right, and I do want to put a plug out for another book I co-wrote with a different author, which is called Bottle Up and Go, Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. all about container spells, and um, that was written with my co-author, Lara Rivera, and on the cover of that, you'll see some hot hot sauce bottle and some sugar jars and things like that. And um, Tony I says in the chat, um, freezer spells are perfect. Many people have weird experiments growing in the back of their freezers. Yes. Ain't that the truth? Um, uh, Yeah, a a good one is to spell together, put it in a piece of freezer paper and mark it cat food or dog food. Nobody's going to open it. Yeah, nobody's going to open it. Nobody's going to question it. Even if they do like a spring cleaning, the worst that will happen is we'll toss it out. Most people are going to wait for something to def. Like, what was in that? No, they're just going to throw it away. Like, I think it was gross. It's gross. Right. I don't know what it was. Get rid of that thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and freezer spells are covered in Bottle Up and Go, and we also talk about freezer spells in Sneaky Tricks. So, um, of course, one of the wonderful old Sneaky Tricks is to make ice cubes with personal concerns in them and feed them to people. We all know that. And that's mm-hmm. that one has been around in several different incarnations. Um, people will put a little bit of menstrual blood in, a little bit of semen, a little bit of urine, whatever it is, not so much mm-hmm. as to flavor anything, but just put a drip drop into each of the, the little ice cubes and then serve the drinks. No one will know. But it's not just the physical quote, DNA sample, you're actually putting your thought and what your desire, your wish, your intention, and your plan into it, but that is marked for you. That is something of you. Usually those are done for love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fantastic, yeah. Feeding people personal concerns, using ice cubes, that is good, brilliant work. But knowing that, that what type of food you can put it in, like, uh, personal concerns, any, if you're putting personal concerns in our frozen, make sure that the liquid is opaque, right? Make sure that you're not putting into like water. Don't put your semen into water. Don't put your menstrual blood into water. It's going into coffee. It's going into tea. It's going into spaghetti sauce. It's going into something that is going to conceal it. So be aware of the ingredients themselves. Be aware of how they look like. Be aware also this is really crucial. If you're going to be feeding people sneaky tricks, it's really important for them not to go, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of this sneaky trick. So you've got to be careful. This is why a lot of really good sneaky tricks that are ingested are actually edible foods. Four thieves vinegar, sweet, like, like honey jar is in a honey jar you can't consume. There's nothing in a sugar jar you can't consume. Hot sauce. You've got to make sure that these things are edible, be aware of taste, be aware of smell, and be aware of how it looks. All of these things will contribute to whether you will be successful in sneaking your trick or whether you won't be. Right. And right. Tony I in the chat says, your book, Hoodoo Food, is a good source as well. And yes. uh, Shiva put the URL for Hoodoo Food. Thanks, Tony, for reminding us of that. Hoodoo Food was written by a multitude of contributors over the course of four years and is an amazing source of information on sneaking food in, um, sneaking tricks into food. And Onyx Rose 
posted, it's the thought that counts. Boy, ain't that true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a that is a real uh, message there. You have to pray over it. There's a whole little chapter on prayer in this book, too, which is what you'd expect from Miss Michael, the co-author yep. of Hoodoo Bible Magic. <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, there's a there's a chapter on how to hide your spells in architecture and in mm. nature. Um, I'm just going to give one from there, which is um, how to conceal your graveyard work. This is probably one of the most asked questions at the Lucky Mojo Forum. I've replied so often <laughs> that this is mostly a quote from myself. Um, if you want to go collect and pay for graveyard dirt, you can take a bunch of flowers Put them in a small Mm -hmm. paper cup container with water. Do not use plastic. Paper will biodegrade. It won't wreck the natural beauty of the graveyard. Select three dimes. Put them in your pocket. Take a strong spoon or a dirt trowel, and really a small uh, soup spoon that's very thick will work just fine. Stainless steel, thick one. And um, put that in a pocket. Go to the grave. Lay down the flowers and um, talk to the spirit. Pay with the money and dig a hole and put the paper cup with the flowers in it. If the ground is too dry, you can use some of the water from the cup to soften the dirt. And Mm. um, you're going to dig a hole to put the paper uh, cup in with the flowers, and at the bottom you're going to um, hide your um, uh, coins, your bottle spill, whatever you're going to do, put the flowers in, walk away. And um, Mm -hmm. the container should be small because it shouldn't require a lot of digging. And you can also deploy and dispose of doll babies this way. If the doll babies are small enough to fit into an Altoids tin, something really tiny, you can write quick bury that in the graveyard. It helps yeah. if you kneel in prayer over the grave, whether or not it's one of your relatives. If you're you know, praying at the uh, grave of a judge or a policeman or a soldier, just kneel in prayer for a moment and put mm-hmm. those flowers in. And no one will know that's what you're doing. So many people are afraid of being caught in the graveyard. This is the way to make that not happen. Mm. I want to mention two items that are really useful for any type of sneaky trick in the home. First is candle holders. Getting candle mm-hmm. holders, particularly those with felt on the bottom that you can open up, is really great. Because in addition to fixing, for example, herb bottles, you can fix candle holders. You don't need fancy altars. If you take the candle stick, you can open up at the bottom the candle holder. You can open it up, put your petition paper, put your roots in there, put your herbs in there. Then you can take a little bit of glue and glue it right back, or you can super glue it, or most of the time the adhesive is still fine. You can just adhesive back on. Then you can burn candles right on that candle holder, and no one will be the wiser. No one will be the wiser. And in fact, it works really well if you're going to have someone over for dinner. You can use those candlesticks on that table. The food has been tricked. They've been tricked from herb bottles. You've prayed over the food. You've prayed over the candles. All the, everything they've touched. Now, at that point in time, everything they've encountered has been prayed over and it should, you know, has an impact on them. From the herb bottles that you fix to the food that you create and then pray over to now the fixed candlestick holders that you can uh, use. So candlestick holders, really great. 
I've had several of them. You can fix them for a variety of them. It could be one for money, one for luck, one for, for love, one for protection. And they're great. They're hidden. No one was. It's just a candle. You burn candles on there, and they're fantastic. The other is yeah. I really want to can I can to... I just say something sure, about those sure. candle holders? Um, if you put a piece of felt under them, a lot of people use green felt, but you can color code them. You can put red felt under the love mm-hmm. one, green felt under the under the uh, money yeah. one, and so forth. And people will never know the difference why no. you have picked that candle holder and not another one. Exactly, that's fantastic. The other thing I really want to encourage people, um, again, they're so underrated, incense powders. My friends, incense <laughs> is your ally. You can burn incense in a house without a lot of people being the wiser. People burn incense all the time, mostly as a scent thing. I've been burning incense my entire life. The most I've gotten from people is, hmm, your house smells really nice. That's it. Most people are not like, you've been casting spells in this house of yours. No one thinks that way. Incense is your ally. You can even have the incense going when people come over. It's setting the mood. It's really Mm -hmm. great. If you're really sensitive to to, to the smell of smoke, you can actually use an oil warmer and burn the same condition oils on the oil warmer. It does the same thing. Using scent is a very powerful way of doing magic. You can't burn candles. If you can't do anything else, you can get some incense going in your home. Wherever you are, whatever your circumstances are, incense is a lot of the times way easier to manage and deal with and to do sneaky things with than candles are. So really start to look to incense as your ally. Yeah. Incense is good for a couple of other things, too. Incense powders, and these would be a little loose powder incenses, can be used to stuff doll babies. And mm-hmm. they are also one of the sneaky things you can do in nature. We're, we're putting sachet powders out because they're mostly light colored, would be very visible. Um, yeah. The corresponding incense powder will be easier to blend with dirt. And mm-hmm. you can um, make an incense powder. Like, you know, let's say you want to do a, uh, oh, an uncrossing. And um, you just take half dirt and half of that uh, uncrossing incense powder, mix them together, and then just use it to mulch the flower beds. You know, nobody mm-hmm. will know. It's just, it's very invisible once it's been laid down. And yeah. I'm and if- a real big promoter of that. And people say, well, why not bath crystals? They're so easy to scatter. But... The bath crystals have salt in them, and many yeah. plants are salt-sensitive and will die. So don't be scattering yeah, yeah. bath crystals uh, on your plants. You could scatter them around your driveway, but not on your plants. Yeah, especially if you're going to be spilling a lot of that. It damages trees. It damages – it does. It just does a lot, especially – you'll see it. It'll, it'll mess up nature. Uh, those salts mm-hmm. are, not, are not good. I mean, we literally mm-hmm. – there's, there's a way – we used to curse the earth by salting it. I curse right. this earth, I salt this earth so that nothing can ever grow. <laughs> so the, the logic, right. even the spiritual logic here doesn't quite add up and you're just spilling out the salt. That's I'm, right. I'm, they... I, I love the idea of using incenses as in nature. You could also blow incense. You could do it with sachet powders as well. Sachet powders are very light. They're easy to blow, but they also cover all of your hands. Whereas incense is designed to blow. So what you can do is burn the incense down to ash and then blow it out in nature whether the direction of the individual you want to influence to the four corners. If you're using sachet powders, there are ways of using sachet powders as sneaky tricks. They're designed to be that way. Mixing them with dirts, for example. 
My favorite way and the way that I've used it a lot is actually to make the sachet powders into homemade chalk. You can make chalk mm-hmm. pretty easily with eggshells. You just got to really, really grind up those eggshells. It takes a little bit of elbow grease. It takes a little bit of time to really get it refined. You also want to sort of sift it so it's a, like actual fine powder. But you mix your sachet powders into that. Use some egg whites. You can create these homemade chalks. I am a big fan of them. I'm, I teach, so I tend to have chalk on me anyways, or at least I used to. But one of the mm-hmm. ways that it works is you can keep it in your pocket, pull it out of your pocket, and mark a table that you're talking at without people even knowing. I've done this to influence in matters of business, in matters of, of I needed to get a deal, whatever it was. I just take a little bit of chalk, and I sort of scratch the table underneath with that chalk. They never even see me do it. You could also just sort of lightly take the chalk and scratch it with your fingernail so there will be a little bit of it on your nail and then shake that person's hand. So sash into chalks is a really useful way of deploying them in a sneaky manner. Yeah. Magical chalk is something. You ought to do a workshop on magical chalk. Mm, maybe someday, yeah. I, I, I think you should. <laughs> um, that You heard just one, one hand up. Anybody else wants Conjurman to do a workshop on oh, magical no. chalk? Um, write the number... Just write the number one and just hit send. Okay, it'll show up in the. I'm putting. I'm the starting things, the, the trend here. The one. I've here we go. Oh look, they're already piling up. One, one, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're getting. Oh, it's all ones all the way now. Yeah, I'm, we all want you to I'm, teach the workshop I'm on virtual shock. <laughs> You're committed, man. Oh look, they keep it on coming. One, one, one. Everybody wants it. <laughs> I haven't seen anything else. <laughs> all right, so yeah, we want that workshop on magical chalk. Seriously, it's a very because it goes with the idea of glyphs and veves yes. and other yes. things, but it's not public like a veve or a glyph. It's private, and you can do it mm-hmm. many, many ways. Uh, make those little hopscotch squares and and dance you your way like down uh, from hell to heaven on the sidewalk. Have you ever wondered why those hopscotch squares start with hell and go to heaven? Think about it for a moment. Which way are you going to be jumping? Okay. Well, um, yes, eggshell powder cascaria. That's a that's another name for it. Cascaria yep. is uh, from a or just a word. It means shell. Uh, in English, we call it eggshell powder. Same mm, thing. Cascaria sagrada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cascara well, cas- uh, sagrada is is a, a root bar a bark of the cascara sagrada yep. tree, and it comes Which from the same brown. thing. It's the rind. It's brown. It's, a, it's the rind. Yeah, cascara yep. just means like a cask. It means the outer covering. Yep. Um, anyway, um, I just speak English. It's easier for me. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so, um, anyway, let's let's journey on through this book because there's more to come. So um, then there's a chapter here called. How to Hide Yourself. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so this is on page 34, and I'm just going to give my favorite. This is so simple. Hide a paper doll of yourself in the Bible. Make a paper doll of yourself, fold it in a white envelope, and place it in a Bible at Psalms 64, verse 2. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. Isn't that great? It's so simple. You've now hidden yourself in a Bible. That means that what you do will not be seen. It's just so sweet, so simple, so easy. 
there are about 14 verses in in the book of Psalms alone uh, that are prayers for God to hide you from enemies and from disaster. And you can use those in your work also. Yeah, yeah. This is, um, then of course we come to something new. And this is where the world catches up with hoodoo tradition. How do you protect your selfie photos and your non-selfie photos from prying eyes? How do you protect yourself on social media? Now, there are many, many ways to do this. And I'm just going to run through just the bullet-pointed list. You're going to have to get the book to, to get everything. One is a protective background. You know, your, your, your uh, picture is against a protective background. The background itself having been dressed. Another way is to reverse the background. So you uh, dress the surface with reversing oil and take a reversed picture. Um, the reversing oil selfie, you know, that's a good one. Selfie in a mirror, selfie, because sparkles repel the evil eye. Um, wear evil eye jewelry when you take your selfie. And um, my favorite is the backwards birth date. I'm going to reveal this one to the public here. The backwards birth date. If possible, enter your birth date on Facebook in European style. Americans write the month first, then the day, then the year. Europeans put the day first, then the month, then the year. Our February 4th is 2418, but they would write it as 4218, which we would read as April 2nd. This only works if your day and month are not the same. 4418 cannot be reversed. And if you were born on a day with a number of 12 or lower. But when it does work out, it's a powerful form of reversing magic. And I found out about this one, by the way, from some clients of mine. Two different clients had given me fake um, birthdays. And I I said, well, oh, it looks like you're a Virgo. And they went, no, I'm not. <laughs> right? And I went, huh? And they went, oh, I always put my birthday backwards so no one will know when I'm born. And I went, that's... Cool. So I remembered that one. Fake birthdays. And of course, you can also use a fake name. I uh, wrote here, Dean Kuntz would always take a photo with a picture of Kuan Yin. That's nice. Protection from Kuan Yin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Of course, you can also uh, have Archangel Michael behind you or St. Cyprian. (laughs) There's a lot of yep. a lot of ways to hide yourself on social media. Well, we haven't even covered the first, um, you know, third of the book here, and um, there is so much. Now there also are spells in the book, and um, we're gonna, you know, get to those too. Just briefly, I'm just gonna um, give you one idea of um, edible herbs for a happy home. This is just a, you know, herbal one of the herbs listed on page 45 for peace in the family. The follower easily found in grocery stores, basil, caraway seed, fennel seed, and rosemary. Keep them in the kitchen. Look up recipes that use them and add them to your cooking. When you measure them, invoke their aid or instruct them. May basil bring harmony. Rosemary, empower me. Simple. Very simple. Cooking with uh, edible herbs. 
Do you have another one, Michael, that you'd like to share? Speaking of uh, herbs for a happy home, one of my favorites is raspberry leaf. It brings good luck, and it keeps marriage partners faithful, and it is absolutely the best thing in the world for menstrual cramps. I used to, ah. before my magical days, I used to have <laughs> menstrual cramps when I was a teenager that codeine wouldn't touch. Mm. Somebody turned my mother on to raspberry leaf tea, and that worked like a charm. I was up and out of bed within an hour every time I tried it. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, drink as as you can stand it. That helps. Yeah. Um, well, I also came up with one here, and not all of the, the uh, spells here in the are herbal, but this one just jumped out at me as I was thumbing through. Um, I call it 4L Uncrossing Tea. It contains uh, lemon balm, lemongrass, lemon verbena, and lemon. <laughs> right? So all of those are used for uncrossing. Lemon balm clears away bad luck and soothes the mind. Lemon grass wards off evil and uh, ups your energy. Lemon verbena clears away negative conditions. And um, lemon, of course, cuts ties to the past. You just add that to green tea, which will energize you and goes very well with lemon. And the whole thing will counter the evil eye and um, up your energy, clear away bad luck and bad people. And you sweeten it with honey or sugar for a happy future, or you can sweeten it with candied ginger for energy, or, as I put in here, and you all know me and my Ricola cough drops, for a real thing of protective energy, sweeten it with an herbal Ricola cough drop dissolved in the hot water. (laughs) Boy, that'll clear your sinuses and Mm -hmm. also uncross you at the same time because Ricola cough drops also contain mint and eucalyptus and a whole bunch of other really, um, really good uh, cleansing herbs. So that's just another way to work. So these these sneaky tricks, I want to make one thing clear. They're not only for young kids who are trying to hide. We do get a lot of that at the Lucky Mojo Forum. If you're young and listening to this, yeah, we've, we, we understand. But uh, we also have tricks in here for hiding things in the workplace underneath the chair and underneath the table, and ways to dress papers um, that you're going to hand to people. All of these things can be worked for good and for ill. Any um, state of life under any kind of need. And one of the things about it is putting together this book really made me see how sneaky versions of common spell casting desires cut across all the types of spellcasting desires. You know, even something as simple as a healing spell, the person you want to help heal may belong to an abstemious religion that forbids you to heal them. They forbid any kind of healing, and you want to do it privately. Here's how. And this is, uh, of course, we think in terms of enemy work, and and love work is the two most often uh, performed jobs with um, sneakiness, but think about court case spells. My gosh, there's a whole uh, subject in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So the second second half of the book is divided up by life conditions, and we have sneaky tricks for all these life conditions. And in every chapter, Miss Michael has provided a list of herbs that are used for that condition, and 
also spiritual supplies. So once you understand the theory, you can pretty much select whatever herbs you have that come out of this list. Every chapter has 13 herbs and 13 spiritual supplies. And you can sort of pick and choose which ones are edible, which ones are expensive, which ones you can find easily. And that way you can use this book to build farther for yourself. Um, Aya Asha Aya says in the chat, a long time ago when I was in a very competitive male-dominated field, I kept a whole Zohar at my desk, among other things. Kabbalah says it protects it from the evil eye. That is true. And and Aya says, I couldn't keep anything girly or suspect. That's really good. Exactly. Um, So we have about a minute or so. Uh, Do you have any thing further to add, Michael? Um, one thing, yeah, considering still running on the subject of magical food, um, uh, subjects of the subject of, um, including, uh, edible herbs that are unfamiliar to you. Um, for instance, cubeb for hot sex and, and, and love, um, to me, it tastes like allspice and pepper, which is a great combination. So you might want to Google, well, what does Cuba taste like? And then once you get an idea from descriptions, go looking for recipes that call for it. And you can get some from Lucky Mojo or uh, Amazon. And I think I seem to remember that Penzi's had some at one time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also a lot of kitchen spice mixtures like uh, Tony Shasher's uh, Cajun seasoning are conjure-ready for condition work. Tony Shasher's is great for protection. So is your standard chili powder. Mm-hmm. That's right. I always recommend um, Bell's uh, poultry seasoning, Yeah. Um, which is really great. It's a great combination of herbs. Just look them up. Look up what's in Bell's poultry seasoning, and you'll go, my God, it's all right here. Plus, it has a pretty picture of a turkey on the box. Um, Mm -hmm. And another one is pumpkin pie spice. I've mentioned that a lot. Pumpkin pie spice is really a beautiful combination, really good for money. And um, you can find anybody's combination of of pumpkin pie spices will will do the work. And you don't need to be collecting all this little this and that and the other because it's already all done for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I... I'm really looking forward to your workshop, um, and um, I know you're going to do a great job, yeah. And there's many more things that are going to be touched upon, and then, of course, we're going to have our free spell, too. Um, Hiding your your, uh, hoodoo in plain sight will add a whole new dynamic to your spell work. You don't have to slavishly copy printed spells. You'll be able to start to develop your own techniques. Once you understand the basis of it, you'll be able to apply it to everything. Well, thank you, Miss Michael. That was a great topic, and we covered it pretty well. Now we're going to turn this over to Reverend James and see where we go from here. 
Thank you, Ms. Kat. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic contra practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Natalie calling from area code 202 in Washington, D.C. Natalie, are you there? Yes, I am. Great. Welcome Hi, to the show. You indicated that you had no readings on this situation with other readers. Is that correct? Correct. Thank you. And she writes, I finally feel super ready to move forward in life, and I'd love to win the lottery and get a new good-paying job. Do you see any of that happening within the next couple of weeks or months? Turning it over to you, Miss Kat. All right. Well, Natalie, I recognize your voice. Um, you've been on our show before, right? Yeah. Many yeah, times. I figured as much. I recognize you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to um, turn this over to Conjurman. And so this is Natalie wanting to move forward in life and win the lottery and get a new good-paying job. Is that going to happen within the next couple of weeks or months? Turn Turning it over to you, Contraman. Yeah, I'm happy to do this reading. If I, I you're, you do sound familiar to me as well. If I remember correctly, we have read before on your money situation. Is that correct? Or we've discussed correct. money in the past. Yeah. Can you just refresh yeah. my memory? Um, are, are you currently employed or on disability of some sort? No, and no. Okay, I'm so what is your not on disability. Okay, so what is your current industry? Dentistry, but I'd like to change. Did you say dentistry? Is that what you said? Yes, yes. Okay, all right. And when you say the lottery, you're talking about like the Mega Millions, that type of lottery, or are you playing like bingo? Scratch off. Scratchers. Okay. The reason I ask is because there's difference. Uh, there's a big difference in the various types of lottery and the type of luck that you'll have in regards to that. Mm-hmm. Pulled a few cards here. Uh, there is change coming your way. However, this change is going to be very slow, and it's actually going to have much more of a qualitative component than a financial component to it. The first card that we have here is the moon, and the moon indicates a person who's not quite in the right position. The moon generally refers to some type of astrological weather. It can refer to a spiritual condition. It shows us two canines that are howling up at the moon, and the moon remains unmoved by their howls. A small lobster aquatic crawls out of the water and slowly makes its way on a winding path, indicating that change is coming your way, but that change is not something that you're going to have a lot of impact on. It's not going to be a type of change that you can hurry. It's not a type of change that you can make appear faster. And it's not a type of change that is going to, um, that you're going to have control over how it manifests. A lot of this is going to be you having to simply work with the tide. 
Just as the moon waxes and wanes, just as the tides rise and fall, just as these rhythms in our life exist, so too are you going to experience a new rhythm that will come your way. There's some magical work that you can do, but a lot of this magical work is going to be actually internal. It's going to be about clarifying what you truly want, what you truly uh, desire. There is an element here of of clarity work that needs to be done. So maybe maybe some root work around clarity work, some type of bathing practice around clarity. And the reason I say that is the moon always requires an element of self-reflection, an element of really thinking things through. The reason I ask if you were unemployed or if you are on disability of some sort, the reason I ask is that the next card is the Four of Pentacles. And the Four of Pentacles is known as the Miser King. It is a little king that is clutching at their coin. You're actually going to, it's not a matter of, uh, in fact, quite the opposite of sort of winning the lottery. In this instance, you may find your finances actually restricting. And I'm not sure if this comes as a result of perhaps you being unable to carry out the work that you need to do, because the Miser King is a person who has been exiled from their homeland. It's a person who has been forced to leave, and so the finances they have are less. This is a king that is not surrounded by abundance and wealth, but clutches what little they have left. Two coins at their feet, a coin at their chest, and a coin on their head. Finances weigh quite heavily upon you. And you're going to find yourself entering into a period that will stretch several months in which your finances will begin to restrict a little bit, in which you will find that you're going to have to hold on to what you have. Any type of money stay with me work is going to be really good here. Money that you can, that will protect you or, or any type of work that will help you protect your money, help you protect your wealth and to ensure that prosperity will eventually grow in the long run. But when there is this constriction, there is this restriction, there is this tightening of the belt is how I would describe it. So be mindful of that. There's a reason I asked about this. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to lose your job. But you may find, for example, I'm not sure if that's, for example, hours cut or clients decrease or something along those lines where you're going to start to see a little bit of a of your wealth. There's, a, there's an inability to do your job, uh, and as a result, your, your income shrinks. The good news is that this is simply a season. This will last for a short period of time. It will coincide with this moment of deep self-reflection, this moment of clarity that is really required. If you do the work, then you will come out of it positively. We see here the Four of Wands. So here the Four of Pentacles leads to the Four of Wands, which is one of celebration, one of joy, one of happiness the Roman marriage, two people in the background getting married, one of the people is garbed in red, the other in the red is what indicates it's a Roman wedding because the Romans wore red when they got married. You have staves in the front with garlands of fruits and flowers on it. There will be a celebration that comes at the end of this period of restriction, but it may last several months. You probably might not see this until the early vestiges of spring next year. So we're looking at a bit of a long stretch of time. So the immediate future for you shows a little bit of a restricting with your finances. But if you plan properly, if you do the root work, if you plant your seeds, then in the end you will actually be successful. That doesn't mean you're going to win the lottery, but it does mean that you will come out of this with a solid foundation and you'll be headed in the right direction. 
Part of this will come through some type of union. Someone is going to come into your life who's going to be an ally, who's going to be a helper, and that will help to transition you out of this, this season of scarcity into the season. That's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Ms. Michael, who's going to do your next reading. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Natalie, I want to ask if you're single right now. Yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, I pulled four cards uh, on your question about the lottery, and I didn't get a thing about the lottery. But I got this, I got um, a reading that I would be glad to see for a love karmic client. Uh, I got the hermit, which speaks to your singleness, then justice, then the lovers, but then the three of wands. So um, this signifies a delay. You may be waiting for this true love for a long time, but this is time for you to grow. And that period of self-reflection that uh, Conjurman Ali talks about uh, can be devoted to your love life also, to be, to be, you know, to get, if you want a good boyfriend, be a good girlfriend. And you will find ways in which you are lacking, which you can fix. Now, um, I pulled a Bible verse too, still thinking about the lottery question, and that wasn't good news. It's um, Proverbs 30, verse 15, the, hor- the horse leech has two daughters, crying, give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. There's four things that say not, is it is enough. And that's as much as I want to read, because that's, that's not what I want to hear, or you either. Um, my pyrite sphere, which I use especially for divination about money, shows me a hummingbird sucking at a flower. Um, and if you get Chupa Rosa products at Lucky Mojo, that's a Mexican formula, and it's used for love work, for egalitarian relationships, for people understand and respect each other. Um, so great prospects for love. You're going to have to do some, you're going to have to get some wisdom before that comes to pass. Um, Unfortunately, I don't see a big lottery win for you. All right. I'm going to ask you a question, Michael, because you spoke so fast about those um, cards. You said the first one was the hermit. What came next? Justice. Justice. Okay. And then what was the next? The lovers, okay, I'm getting it. And what was the last one you said? Three of wands. Oh, my, okay, three of wands, all right. Um, Okay, Um, and then Proverbs. I got all the rest of it, I think. I'll put it through the chat, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, All right, well, I'm going to um, try to come up with a pull you out of what is a fairly negative reading. Um, I wish that the reading had been more positive, but it doesn't look like a lottery win in this next season. The uh, a card of the Four of Wands, I associate, because it has flowers and fruit, I associate it with the transition from summer to early fall. So I'm looking at a period here that you're going to be uh, needing to work on 
increasing your luck. Your luck is not as so good as it could be. There were two cards with fours, which was the um, four of pentacles, which is the guy who's like real huddled up trying to hold on to every coin. And then there's the four of wands, which is very expansive and celebratory. And Michael also had the hermit, which is very shrunk in, but then justice, which is outgoing, and the lovers, which is outgoing and relates to the uh, four of wands. And then the three of wands. So what I'm going to do is recommend we work with coins and candles. We have a lot of wands here and we have um, coins. I'd like you to do a spell to open up your lottery paths and your job paths as well. And I want you to get four coins. And they sh- you can use quarters, whatever pleases you. You can use... Um, dollar coins, whatever, you know, floats your boat, 50 cent coins. Don't use a penny. That's too cheap. And you want four coins and you want four very small candles. What I'd like you to do is get those little star candle holders that hold the small four-inch candles. And I want you to put each one on top. And if you don't want wax all over your table, you might want to do each one of those in a little bit of a saucer or something. And so now you have created a a four-way crossroads. And in the center, I want you to put a candle for yourself. It could be a figural candle, but it could just be another four-inch candle or a tea light. You could also do this with four tea lights on four coins if that's what you wanted to do. And another way to work it, I'm just bursting with ideas here, is to take the four tea lights, pop the wax disc out of the tea light, put the coin in underneath, and pop the wax back in again. That'll work too. These four um, candles, I would have them be either yellow, which is uh, success, and the sun, and also it's good for um, simulating gold. You could have them be green, which is for money in America, because we have greenback dollars. But in other countries, they would be more likely to use something related to gold. So either green or gold. And you want just four of these little candles. You're going to dress them um, with two oils. One of them is money stay with me oil because you're actually entering a time of some difficulty. And the other will be pay me because you want the lottery to pay you. Right? They owe you. You've been investing in the lottery for a long time and they haven't paid you yet. So mix money stay with me and pay me. And um, you can dress your own candle. On each of the candles, tea lights or little four inches in a star holder, whichever one you're going to use, you're going to lottery win. And um, you're going to light all four candles and then light yourself at the center. And as these candles burn, you're going to move them away like a crossroads that's expanding. You're going to go to the east, to the south to the west to the north and just go around and let them move outward to the edge of the table as you you know keep on working open my roads to lucky money open my roads and the coin just stays underneath them right as it goes and when they burn out don't do it real quick. i mean those candles will burn for depending on what kind of a candle you use they'll burn for an hour an hour and a half maybe even two hours so you don't have to sit there and watch them all the time but just come back and check on them don't set the house on fire but when they go out you're going to take the remnants, any wax or anything like that, and you can take and, and throw it in a crossroads because you're really opening your way here. Um, if it's in tea lights, there won't be much of a remnant, but you're going to want to take those four coins. And the four coins, I want you to put 
at the four corners of your property. If you don't have property, if you just have an apartment, put them at the four corners of your apartment. If you just have a bedroom that you sleep in, put them at the four corners of your bedroom and say, now draw money to me. Open the roads for me. Some people will take those four coins and give them to the poor. That's another way to work. And a third way to work is to take those four coins and use them to buy a lottery ticket. So that's a a fourth way to work. You have your choice. There's not one way to do it that's better than the other. Um, But that's what I would recommend you do. But you may have to repeat before you get a lottery win because we're looking at something that's going to be lasting for a while. You're under a kind of a money cloud right now, unfortunately. That's why I recommend giving the coins to the poor and maybe doing it again a couple of times. But you will um, have an increase, but it's going to come later this summer. And I did not see a job in any of those readings. So you need to um, kind of think about this, where you're going with this, because it is a little difficult. And um, sometimes the the financial weather is bad. One of the ways to break the financial weather open is to give to the poor. And they you can be poor yourself, but a quarter given to somebody who's homeless is a gift. And so give those coins out as gifts if you feel really that you'd like to um, you know, make an impact. Does anybody else have anything to add here? Total silence? Uh-oh. I think that's fantastic. The use of pay me is really good there. That idea of pay me from Ms. Robin. Ms. Robin's gambling spell. You could look that up online, by the way, Natalie. Ms. Robin's gambling spell has been used a lot. It involves lady luck and pay me. She came up with it on her own. It's it's just new to her. Oh, a number of years ago when she had been losing money at the casino, she'd go every week and she'd lose and lose and lose. She got so mad, she said, they owe me. And she did this lady luck and... um, and uh, pay me, and she won a lot of money. I mean, hundreds. (laughs) So it worked for her, and many people have used that spell and said they've had success with it. It's it's at the Lucky Mojo um, website, and uh, you can just look it up, Ms. Robin's Gambling Spell. Mm, That's fantastic. Um, Phyllis Margaret... Phyllis Margaret Gabor says, I always round up my purchases at places collecting money for various charities. That's a good way to donate, too. But I'm speaking specifically of the coins that are used in the spell. You want to be sure that those coins go to somebody who needs them. What were you going to say, Conjurman? I was just going to say that this is this is a little bit of a challenging period, but not to take too, not to be too disheartened. There is hope at the end of this. If you do the magical work that Ms. Cat has indicated, if you do some work to protect your money, you do some work to ensure that you get paid, that you can come out of this okay. It's just a little bit of rocky weather. You just have to, you know, <laughs> what do they say? Bolt down the hatches, so to speak. If you do that, you'll come out fine. One, two herb mixtures that I really want to recommend for you is alfalfa and alkanet. And in this work, if you mm-hmm. add a little bit of alfalfa and alkanet, it will protect you from poverty. That's really good. And so will Irish moss. Uh, and thank you, Reverend James, for putting in the link to Ms. Robin's gambling spell. Mm. All right. Um, well... 
it looks like we're going to have our network schedule announcement preceded by our tritone. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, Thursdays, 1 to 2, and Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8, all time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern. All of our shows are available in archives at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com, where you will see them listed by title and episode and with clickable links. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Miss Michael of, of HoodooFoundry.com in Willitus, California. Take it away, Miss Michael. Okay, this is a spell that you will find in Sneaky Tricks, How to Hide Your Hoodoo in Plain Sight. It's on page 31, and it is Hiding Tricks in Your Place of, wor- of Worship Because Your Church May Fall into Error and sin and drama and confusion. Um, What you need for this is peace water and one relevant oil. It depends on what denomination you are. If you're uh, Catholic, it might be for the saint that your church is named for. you might, if you're Protestant, you might just want some 7-Eleven holy type oil. Uh, if you, if it's a synagogue, you might want Moses or King Solomon wisdom. There are oils at Lucky Mojo and elsewhere for Hindu deities, African diasporic spirits, pagan goddesses, and so forth. So select one of those, and you can just dress your hands with those oils and pray, and handle as many of the Bibles, the Pew Bibles, and the hymn books as you can. And if there's a church bookshop, go in there and browse and handle the books. You can take the peace water and the oil and dress your shoe soles with it every time you go to church. And most churches are cleaned by volunteers. You can join that cleaning crew and drop a little of that stuff into the cleaning supplies and the soap in the bathrooms and take a paper towel and wipe down the mirrors. And if you are, if you go to a church where they love gospel music, you can learn the song, Satan, We're Going to Tear Your Kingdom Down. YouTube has it, especially, don't miss Shirley Caesar's wonderful classic rendition. You can hum that or sing it while you clean. Here is a secret wrongdoer. Fix the pulpit with a little wash of Epsom salts. And you can take the peace water and the oil on your finger, not enough to leave smears on the pulpit, but just a few molecules and write 
repent on the pulpit. I didn't think of that in time to put it in the book, but I'm, you know, here it is now. <laughs> you can also recite all of Psalms 1, which starts, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Read the whole psalm. As you go through the pew Bibles and mark its place in every single pew Bible, just dog ear the page, and that's it. Well, those are absolutely amazing um, methods. Um, people might ask, why Epsom salts? And I'm just going to comment. Epsom salts, if taken internally dissolved in water, is a laxative. And therefore, it's used to move bad conditions and bad people out of the way. It also softens your skin and other things. But that's why it's used to gently laxative <laughs> the congregation. Lovely one. Um, and I do love that, Satan, we're going to tear your kingdom down. This is especially good if the pastor has been accused of and found guilty of wrongdoing against parishioners, which sometimes does happen. Mm. And, um, you know, you, you just there are reasons that this will happen in a church. Not all churches have the, that kind of a problem. If you dress your hands with oils and handle the Bibles and hymn books, you know, just go through and straighten up the pews. You don't want to get oil all over everything. Just, you know, blow on your hands a little bit to kind of warm up the oil and just go. And uh, But pray as you do it. May everyone who touches this hymnal sing with a strong voice, believe in the words of the hymn, and treat his or her neighbor according to God's will and word. In other words, you are actually changing the vibe, the spiritual energy, in a place of worship from within. It's really a sneaky way to work. I'd also say, one thing not on this list, you can also um, volunteer for the committee that usually churches will have to pick up elderly people and drive them to church or to visit those who are housebound. And you can take them um, foods, for instance, uh, made according to some of the other parts of the book, the snaky tricks. Um, there are many ways to, <laughs> Shiva posted, to smooth out the church digestion. <laughs> I love that, Shiva. Such a Scorpio. And we all know the Scorpios and the root chakra, their thing. All right. Um, so, uh, uh, Contraman, do you have anything to add to this free spell? Any other ways of changing a house of worship for the better? You know, um, I, I am uh, stunned at the level of and brilliance here of, of Ms. Michael of changing a house of worship for the better here. This is a type of working that I hadn't even considered. I have done my share, fair share of working against houses of worship sometimes, uh, particularly those that needed to be needed to go far, far away. We'll just say, uh, but the idea of changing it for the better is just such a such a brilliant approach here, and I love the work of of using sneaky tricks in that regard. The only thing I can say is that the houses of worship are places where prayer is often recited, and where you pray whether if it's, a, if it's a mosque or if it's a temple or if it's a church, where you pray can actually have an impact on the entirety of the space. 
So if you need to change, for example, the, the character of a church, if you enact as a priest or a deacon a service, if you go in there after hours or whatnot, and you are able to do a service on your own or able to pray at the front on your own, that can help to shift a little bit with the direction. Ooh, that can help to shift the direction of that house of worship. And the same thing with the mosque or the temple. So being able to pray on your own, but as a sort of um, stand-in prayer leader can act as a way of shifting the space. Yeah. Um, cleaning off the pastor's lectern is, exactly. um, you know, really good. And cleaning off the altar statuary, if your church yeah. has statuary. Because those little eyes on those statues that look out at the parishioners, yeah, you want to make those eyes clear and good. All right. Well, our end music um, hit us by surprise, and there it is. <laughs> uh, eek, as Shiva said in the chat. So let's turn this over to Reverend James, and he's going to read us our closing announcements, and then we're all going to come back, maybe have a word or two, and say goodbye. So take it away, Reverend James. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjure Man, and thank you, Miss Michael of HoodooFoundry.com and Willis's California for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Miss Cat of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, on her new book, Astrology for Root Workers: Spellcasting with the Zodiac in Hoodoo and Conjure. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from folkconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radioshow.html. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Reverend James. All right, now, guys, get your tickets. Remember, um, get your tickets for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. This thing is coming up really soon. June 10th and 11th. If you want to get your goodie box, you got to get your tickets well before the festival because they're going to mail your goodie box to you. And for all of those who just asked me, can't you do all your books as ebooks? Nope, I'm not going to. And nope, the goodie box will not be digitized nor televised. <laughs> the, the, the goodie box is a box of goodies. And to get that, you need to order now because the goodie box will be shipping in time for um, people to receive by the 10th and 11th. All righty. Good night, all. Good night, all. Good night.